Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us, the man who's become the king of ice fishing competition in Colorado, Nate Zolinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? You know, we're almost through the year, and I haven't hammered you yet. I, I feel like we've been doing good, and I feel like what's just a few more weeks and we can just really call it like a very special year, and then we can just make uh, make 23 the, the bashing year, you know? <laughs> well, we, you know we love you. Now, I know you also have a special guest. you want to do some ice fishing updates first, or you want to introduce your guest first? You know, Terry, let's do a quick ice update, and we'll bring on a good friend of mine. But, you know, Terry, we are, are doing fantastic in the ice world. I've heard some people being like, oh, when things going to freeze up? But I think every year we get more and more spoiled. And I can't remember the last time that our bigger bodies of water, like Antero, were fishable in November. So we're now, you know, in early December, essentially, and we have so much ice up in the high country, it's pretty incredible. Um, we're even seeing ice thickness up at, like, like the smaller bodies of water, like Terriol, starting to reach 12, 13 inches. Uh, 11 mile now is capped across the board. The whole lake is not fishable, uh, but 11 Mile is now capped across the lake. Uh, and Terra was capped 100%. Again, uh, you're still using very much caution as everything's just kind of getting going as far as the entire reservoir goes. But we have got lots of ice, and, and fishing is tremendous. So we're excited about that. If you look at the 15-day forecast, temperatures plummet. So I think our front range is going to be extremely quick uh, in our near future. So, so lots of ice and good fishing is on the forecast. No, I couldn't agree with you. I think um, our front range lakes are going to, you know, it's going to be warm, almost 60 degrees down here tomorrow. But then we get into a high in the 30s. And even on days where it gets 40, almost 50, it hits that from briefly an hour or two. And then it's below freezing most of the rest of the day and in teens or single digits at night. People don't realize without that sun being high in the sky and that solar energy those water temperatures are just ready and i think we will see front range ice real soon and i i think it's going to be better than some of the past seasons especially for trout nate because a lot of the shore anglers during the fall here go out and catch those trout in these front range lakes that are close to shore because they can't launch boats anymore and those fish aren't getting molested because of skim ice by the shore it's been hard to fish so when this freezes here, I think we're going to see some great trout fishing on the front range. I agree. And I think, you know, Chatfield had probably the best walleye season we've ever seen in at least my, you know, 22 years of operation. So I think that walleye bite is going to continue right into the winter. So uh, it's definitely been the best season of fishing I've ever had uh, across the board. And I, I see no reason why that's not going to continue right into the ice season. Well, and then I have, um, I was up at the Red Feathers area with my grandson Hayden yesterday and we caught up. We caught all the trout we wanted to catch. The wind got a little brisk, so we left. We caught it just, it was one after another. And we had, I would say we had eight, nine inches of decent ice, and uh, it was very, you know, secure. And I'm hearing North Michigan, people are getting out there. Lake John started out with a flurry. It's gotten a little tougher, but I'm going to talk to some people later in the hour. We'll kind of go over some alternatives up there. But if you were headed into the areas you fish, Give me a couple you'd go to. Maybe tomorrow's going to be a beautiful day to be out, and maybe early next week. You know, Terry, if you want to do the quick trip, staying close to home, Evergreen Lake. Ton of stalkers. You're going to get on the ice. It's safe, and you're going to catch some fish. 
carry-all. Very good ice conditions where if you're new to the sport, you're not worried about, you know, ice conditions and worried about what's good ice, bad ice. So carry-all, same thing. Lots of catchable rainbows. You might even stumble into a big pike. So between evergreen and carry-all for just numbers, quick trip, you can't beat it. If you want a big fish, I would say 11 mile. Now, there's no doubt 11 mile has been a hot spot in the last two weeks. Um, we are seeing lots and lots of ice anglers. So it is, I, I wouldn't say you're going to feel crowded, but you're definitely not going to be alone up there. Uh, but we're seeing some really big fish. Um, you know, the whole Cross Creek, Suckers Cove, that inlet area, um, you have vegetation across that entire flat. So there's lots of good fish coming in there. Um, I already am seeing these fish cruising up high. Um, that first little ice cap, uh, we get in a lot of scuds swimming up towards the bottom of the ice. So the biggest trick there, if you're going to want to go up to Lebanon and you want the opportunity of a fish of a lifetime, fish suspended. Fish your baits higher in the water column. Uh, we're seeing rainbows in this last week uh, upwards of 28 inches. So we're seeing some really big rainbows at 11 mile right now. So you want the opportunity of some bigger fish, I jump over to 11 mile. Now, you mentioned Terry All and a few other lakes that maybe have more more ice and a, a lot more fish, maybe not giants, but they have a good population for somebody starting out. Let's take Terriel. And Terriel's a lake I, I don't fish hardly at all or ever. And so I, I, you'll have to tell me, but if it's like most of those type of lakes that I fish early in the ice season, most people are fishing too deep. Is that true at Terriel too? You know, Terry, it's kind of nice. Terriel is a very you know, friendly fishery to, to all anglers. Um, there's fish across the board. If you're fishing kind of the south half of the reservoir, you're going to be fishing on a harder bottom rock sand. Uh, if you move over kind of the north half of the reservoir, you're on vegetation. Um, I have fish across the board. We have fish in two, three feet of water. And then I, I actually had a day the other day where I wanted to fish tip ups or pike, and I didn't want to sit near where my pike were. So we had our ice shack out in 14 feet of water, pretty deep. Um, and we had stalker rainbows coming through there everywhere. Um, so across the board, you're seeing fish. But generally speaking, statewide, I'd say everybody fishes too deep. But at Terriol, uh, it's been very user-friendly. Um, and so it's been kind of a nice thing there. And that actually, kind of talking about user-friendly, that'd be a great kind of intro. I'd, I'd love to introduce my good friend, John, uh, to the segment who's sitting here. And we, we met uh, a few years ago through a mutual friend um, and kind of the concept of like friendly ice fishing. Uh, John, wait a minute, wait a minute, Nate. You, you have a friend? <laughs> <laughs> you know, ice fishing is that it can be that very, uh, you know, sporting event where you can kind of do a little hanging out on the ice and a whole group of us went out ice fishing and call me a redneck call me whatever if there's a fire anywhere i will be the one standing next to it it's just one of those things i don't think there's anything better in life than standing around a fire uh and out on the ice i saw this amazing fire pit and it was uh you know, the founder of Wine Barrel Fire Pits and the, the fire, the Wine Barrel dude, uh, Mr. John, who's on the segment right now. And, uh, yeah, he uh, is now a partner of Ice Addiction, uh, and we've been doing all kinds of stuff together. So, yeah, I wanted to bring him on the show and talk about his products to everybody. Uh, hey, Nate. John, hey, good Terry. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. John, good morning. And, and I just got to let you know, Nate probably filled you in on this, but... Carrie and I are kind of, we, we do indulge in wine occasionally. In fact, we sell about, about 200 bottles at our house. So my doctor thinks I actually overindulge, which I don't know is possible because I think it's good for you. But, <laughs> and we are into the wine culture, so we really appreciate your products. 
Absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, it's fun to make something that's super powerful, very unique, and uh, very affordable. Uh, been doing it for many, many years. I'm probably close to maybe eight, nine hundred fire pits that I've made so far. And the junior is the one that uh, caught Nate's interest, and um, one that's going to be at uh, uh, various events that he's that he's going to be showcasing. Two of them are going to be prizes at each event, and uh, and then the people have an opportunity to to buy it if they want to uh, on the set, on site you know, winebarreldude.com or um, or, you know, customize an order at that point, too. John, I looked at so your neat. website. Oh, I looked at your website, and I saw the, the different heights. The one that's uh-huh. a full-height wine barrel, obviously you can get a full a full propane tank in that. The Junior, does that accommodate a bigger tank, or do you go with a smaller tank on that? No, it absolutely does. That's a great question. It took me about six months of prototyping just to get to where I was finally happy with it. I think my wife heard a, heard the story of me saying several times, I'm done with it, I'm moving on. And then I, no, I got to figure this way out because this is too cool of a product. And, you know, that uh, that piece um, when it holds a full-size 20-pound propane tank. It outputs almost 100,000 BTUs, uh, which is uh, kind of in line with my other fire pits of 250,000 BTUs. The point I wanted to make was not to introduce something else into the Wine Barrel Dude family that wasn't as powerful and, uh, and as impressive, so... It'll it'll shoot up a good two to three foot flame, no problem. <laughs> well, you know, and that's that's another another thing. We've looked at some of this wine furniture, Karen and I, and one of the things about the fire pits is most of the fire pits people that make that don't they are very low flames. They're more of an ambience rather than giving you an actual right. fire. But sounds like yours go above and beyond that. Right. Imagine, you know, a fire pit that keeps you warm. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's honestly what started this relationship. Because like you said, Terry, so many of the fire pits you buy at the retailers and, you know, anywhere that you're purchasing this, you know, your your Home Depot type place. And and again, they're nice, but they're really built, you know, for that smaller enclosed patio. And it's a nice ambiance, but at the end of the day, you want that warmth. And that's where I stumbled upon it because more and more as we have fire dangers in the state of Colorado and more and more as we're not able to have, you know, wood-burning fires in so many of our regulations of where we're going, whether it's a campsite, at your home, on the ice, wherever, if you have the ability to have a valve to turn your fire off, um, you know, state parks and so many places are allowing this. And that's where this junior model is a fire pit that John invented that you can carry around, tailgating. Again, drag it on the ice. Um, all of these type locations. And when you crank that up, I mean, you have to step back a little bit. So obviously you could turn it down and have a very mellow flame and you could, you know, have your hands and and set a drink on it. Um, And you can also crank it up so high that it is going to warm you up. Um, And that's what I think is so neat about it. Because again, this is the first fire pit I've seen that can literally replicate a true fire at like a campsite or, or anywhere you're at. So it's so neat. And that's where we got him involved in ice addiction. We, you know, in years past, we've had our warming huts. You know, John's going to be supplying the heat now. So you're going to see these fire pits at ice addiction. We'll have displays out there. So you'll be able to stand around, warm up, and utilize these fire pits um, at ice addiction. And then, again, they're going to be a great prize at all the ice addiction events. So we're really excited about the partnership. But more so, it's so cool to see a fire pit you can take around it's all inside so your propane actually sits inside the fire pit itself so it's not like you have a big fire pit 
and a 10-foot hose going over to a tank. And, you know, this is a literally one-stop, very small, all-compact unit, and, and it throws off some serious heat. So super excited about this. And, you know, with, with Christmas around the corner, I think everybody should check one of these out because they are impressive. Yeah, hey, and, uh, and a big shout-out. I was going to say a big shout-out to uh, uh, Distillery 291 down in Colorado Springs. They're actually where I get these small batch 10-gallon uh, whiskey barrels that, that I use for the junior models. So great partners. All right, John, Nate, why don't you take us through the events that John will be at with his, and we're, we're, and I think we want to emphasize that people don't have to participate in the tournament to come out and spend time and watch what's going on. Absolutely. So, you know, we're going to have these on display at every event. So our first event coming up at Blue Mesa, January 14th, they're going to be at the Utah events. They're going to be at the Grand Lake event on um, so that the fire pits are going to be on display as demos at all the events. There are going to be prizes at all the events. Um, so excited about that. And you talk about that, Terry. We welcome spectators. If you've never participated in an event but you just want to come hang out, you can come stand by this fire pit for the length of the entire tournament. They're going to be running. They're going to be burning. Um, you can sit there and watch the entire event all day around one of these fire pits. So, so it's really cool. So, again, they're going to be on display. They're at all the events. And John ships all across the country. All my friends in Wisconsin have them. Um, so he ships everywhere. So, again, you want to just check them out. It's winebarreldude.com. So you can go check out the fire pits there. And then, yeah, come to Ice Addiction and see them firsthand. Uh, and, again, to, to a couple lucky anglers, two per event, you're going to have the opportunity to win some of these units. Last thing before I let you go, Nate, um, I'm sure you're booking trips. What do you got coming up for ice fishing trips in schools? Absolutely, Terry. We're just getting ready to launch the dates for ice school. We're just waiting to firm up the ice. We're going to see as soon as we can be able to start our ice schools. We are guiding trips seven days a week. So right now, spending a lot of time in the South Park fisheries. But obviously, as we get ice in the front range, we'll include and start all those trips. Um, and then obviously, ice addiction is very much on our mind. So January 14th, the first event. You can go to our website to get all your tickets for ice addiction. We encourage everybody. It makes a great stocking stuffer or gift. Um, so, yeah, a lot of stuff going on there. And then before we let John go, John, give everybody a shout-out real quick. Tell everybody your contact information. Awesome. Uh, yeah, again, winebarreldude.com is the best way to get a hold of me. And my phone number is listed there. Again, my name is John. I'm the owner. And I've been making these uh, for about six years now. I'm excited. Every single one I make is unique. And uh, and I guarantee these for life. So nothing that's going to be uh, sitting in your truck one weekend and then broke the next. Oh, and Nate, how do people find out more about your stuff? Absolutely. Go to tightlineoutdoors.com. You can also purchase tickets now uh, at Fishing Chaos. You can go straight to Fishing Chaos, click on that, but Tightline Outdoors will lead you to everything you need. Uh, yeah, ice schools, guided fishing trips, and ice addiction, everything at tightlineoutdoors.com. And I'd say within the next couple of weeks, we'll really start having a lot more updates on ice uh, as we see in the bigger mountain reservoir starting to lock up and then obviously the front range locking up. All right, my friend, you go have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, sir. All right, thanks, guys. We'll talk. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, Austin Parr is going to join us, and we're going to talk more fishing, not only ice, but open water in the rivers on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Before we go to our next guest, I have a couple things I want to do. One is I want to give away a, a pair of tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. I'm going to give you a trivia question. And the first one that will text 
303-713-1043. That's 303-713-1043 with the answer. We'll get a pair of tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. Karen will get them in the mail. Well, you'll pick them up at will call at the, at the, at the event. The question is, how many wolves has Colorado Parks and Wildlife already introduced into the state of Colorado at this point? That's how many wolves have been currently introduced under this new wolf plan in the state of Colorado. First one to text that, ticket to ISE. <clears throat> I'm going to make a quick comment before we move on to Austin, who's patiently waiting for us. I didn't necessarily support introducing wolves into Colorado. It was done on a public forum that became a public vote. And a lot of people who are angry should have spoke out more when that vote was going to take place and been more vocal and talked to people. But, and they didn't. It kind of slid through. And if you're still upset, though, there still is a public time. We can't take away the program, but we can influence what it does. Because there's, if you listen to the segment I did earlier in the show, you can go back and listen to it on podcast. There is going to be several meetings and several inputs before the final vote in late spring. And you have a chance to at least influence the implementation. All right, let's go to the phones. And joining us, one of our favorite contributors, Austin Parr. Good morning, Austin. Good morning, Terry. Thanks for having me. No problem. Always great to have you on. Uh, It's kind of a different time of the year. Um, I want to go through some fishing opportunities with you. Uh, Ice fishing isn't quite ready on the front range yet. But yet we're getting ice on shore, making shore fishing difficult in most situations. I'm sure you're aware of some that are still available. But our river fishing will actually have give us opportunities for open water year-round for those that don't like to ice fish. So there, there are ways to get out and go fishing, aren't there? Absolutely. Whether you want to drill a hole in the ice or make a cast, we really do have options. And this time of year is one of my favorite times to go and hit some of our rivers and tailwaters. Those tailwaters below dams stay open. All year, as you mentioned, uh, through certain distances below the dam. And uh, with some of these little bit warmer days, like we're going to be having right now, uh, there'll be a few less people out there on the water than you'd find in the summertime, but yet still maybe experiencing some hatches, maybe some late beta hatches. Certainly some midges are going to be coming off. And you can, have, you can find fish that are really pretty active, uh, whether you want to do it on the fly or conventional fishing. What are some of the river fishing that, during the winter that you like to maybe go to or some of your favorites? One of the most popular destinations is Deckers, and certainly even in the the off-season, if you want to call it that up there, you can find a a lot of fishing pressure. But going to some more off-the-beaten-path locations like Waterton Canyon, uh, the lower stretch of Waterton a lot of times will freeze to a certain degree, but getting up above the Marston Diversion with either a bike or through hiking allows you to get into some nice open water with big, deep pools and consistent flows through the winter. So that can be a great location for middle to a little bit smaller sized brown trout with some rainbows mixed in. But up in your neck of the woods, the big Thompson can be really good. But some of the stuff that, uh, you know, we don't talk about a whole lot, but it's very popular over the course of the season are places like the Taylor and the frying pan. And uh, in the winter, you'll get less pressure up there. And particularly if you can hit it on a weekday, uh, the frying pan has been fishing extremely well lately. Flows have been consistent up there. And folks have been having great success on Mycees patterns as well as shifting into some betis and midge patterns subsurface. By the way, before we move on, we have a winner on for the two international sportsmen's tickets. The answer is zero wolves have been introduced to this date. All right, you know, and Austin, another one that I used to fish a lot in the winter and I loved was the 
water below Pueblo Reservoir. I don't think people realize how productive that is. Certainly is, and it has been managed to a point when uh, it's got uh, really high quality fish. And, and with the big dam there, it remains cool throughout the entire season. So you have those fish that are not really dealing with much die off in the summertime. And big rainbows down there, a few browns mixed in, but uh, Parks and Wildlife has really sculpted that piece of water quite a bit where they've added lots of weirs and various structures to divert the water to create larger pools. And those spots really do concentrate these fish. And with it being warmer on the front range, you'll have better hatches if you find up behind the mountains. So uh, in the wintertime, at least. So you're going to have great another- hatches and mid hatches throughout the winter. Another thing, that too, is you're, you're liable to pick up, if you, especially close to the dam, a bonus um, bass, walleye, or wiper that came through the, the outflow of that dam. And I've, I've had days there where I've caught numbers of trout. I've caught bass, walleyes, and catfish while I was fishing it. So it, it, there's, it provides a lot of opportunity. Totally agree. And, uh, you know, similar to how Chatfield is, where you can get some fish down below the dam, coming through the dam you know it's, it's just like that as you mentioned but the consistent flows on the arkansas have really a better year-round fishery than we find on the plat below chatfield let's talk a little bit about well the front range i think i'm gonna not get too involved unless you have a key place for open water because of the freezing it's going to get cold next week the shore fishing may be difficult but maybe is there one or two potentials for shore fishing and then let's move to some ice fishing if you're looking to shore fish, you got to find some bigger water right now. Most small ponds and shallower lakes are frozen, so I'd probably be looking to Chatfield or Aurora. However, I have not laid eyes on either one of those, so you could go out tomorrow and find that it's iced up. But getting on the inlet of Chatfield, I would imagine you're going to have pretty open water for a while and make up some trout or a stray walleye or two. All right, and that's my feeling, too, that there's going to be some open water, but, boy, you have a, a plan B if you go because – because you get a cold night and you're going to, it may not freeze over, but it may be difficult to fish because of even skim ice on the shore. But let's switch exactly. to ice fishing. What, what are you hearing and where are some of the hot spots? So it's really starting to freeze pretty well up in the mountains on your standard early season type locations. And what I mean by that are the slightly shallower and or higher elevation options are pretty much frozen at this point. Uh, Antero and 11 Mile have been doing you know reasonably well, but... A lot of times this time of year, I like heading up north a little bit. Uh, Stagecoach and Steamboat have both been doing well with the better ice being at Stagecoach. Steamboat has been a little bit, you know, hit or miss on the ice. We've been dealing with three to four inches up there for a little while now, so that should be getting better here soon. But Stagecoach has been holding up to six inches of ice, and that has been really a pretty worthwhile option. There's a lot of high-quality rainbows up in that lake with a straight pike here and there through the ice. I've caught them better in the open water with the pike, but... Um, that can be a, a nice location. And then heading up uh, into the North Park Valley, it's been a little bit slower. It got hit pretty hard. And Lake John, a lot of folks have been struggling a little bit up there. But a little bit smaller body of water that we have done well with before. And it did winter kill a couple years back. But Cowdery can offer really good numbers. So you might go try trophy fishing in the morning at Delaney Buttes or Lake John. And if that dies off, shift over to Cowdery to get some uh, reasonable numbers. Yeah, and I was up at Red Feathers with my grandson yesterday, and we caught virtually all the trout we wanted. We even kept a few for the pan, so that was fishing well. We spoke to North Michigan Reservoir earlier today, and their ice fishermen are venturing out. The water levels are back, and it's been heavily stocked. I just haven't heard how productive it is. But this might be a good time to throw out a couple techniques. Uh, is there something you see that maybe 
could help the early ice anglers or the novice ice anglers or a mistake that you see anglers make that you can make, throw us a couple tips? One of the mistakes that I see is people just go out and they try and just drill wherever and feel like that's going to be their spot. I'm always on the move and I'm searching for transition areas that are going to concentrate more uh, populations of fish. So things like weed lines and bottom composition changes are really ones that I like to find. You can find those bottom compositions just by looking at the shoreline at times where rocks change to a sandy or muddy bottom. Um, but then if you can find that weed line on these high plains lakes, that a lot of times is going to be my best spot to fish, and it'll drive fish right to you. And then I'm running two rods almost all the time. So uh, having a jigging rod with something a little bit more active, it could be anything like a spoon or a little bit larger plastic, and then having a dead stick sitting perfectly still next to me with a more subdued presentation. So something like a tungsten jig nymph, like you'd be thinking about euro nymphing or a rat finky, uh, can be very good tipped with a mealworm or a waxworm. Yeah, and we had really good luck both tipping ours yesterday. We did an active presentation. We had three holes drilled in the shelter once we located fish. And I would work a spoon in between us, and we never caught any on the spoon. And that's typical of red feathers. They don't seem to like to hit the spoon. But it kept fish coming in, and then we caught them on small tungsten ice jigs, uh, tipped with either a little bit of a gulp out of a jar or with a waxworm. And we could even dead stick those uh, those little waxworm ones or the gulp ones. And as long as we could get the fish in there, they would bite them. So that was really, that's a great uh, great product, productive way to fish. Now, I've been uh, not a champion of bite detection in my earlier years because I like to feel the bite, but really something the novice ice fishermen should take a look at, isn't it? Yes, and, and putting some form of a bite detection system in your arsenal will really help you catch a lot of fish, and that could come in two ways. So either having a rod that's a very light tip or actually taping what's called a spring bobber onto the end of your rod, which is very soft, and detects just the lightest of bites, but then also uh, an actual float can be worthwhile. Now, one point of emphasis that I always tell folks is that if your line is not perfectly straight, uh, either one of those kind of does not work. So if you have monofilament and it has any kind of coiling to it, grabbing it and giving it a bit of a stretch on that mono or floral will straighten that out and then allow your spring bobber or your bobber itself to work much better. So you can find those light bites and, and really pick up on those subtle takes. Yeah, you know, great point. I got to piggyback on that. One of the things, I make sure you've got good line that hasn't been on forever so it doesn't coil as bad. But if you are getting coiling, you need a heavy enough jig to straighten those coils out or you'll never feel the bite. And that's one of the reasons I've switched a lot of my ice jigs over to tungsten, not because they fall yep. faster, but because that small presentation tightens up my line. I had four pound tests most of the time yesterday, and they had a little coil in it, but when I put those tungsten jig heads on, I could actually feel a thump when that hit the end of the line on that. So exactly. that's something to pay, pay attention to. Austin, we're out of time. Tell people where they can find you if they're looking for more advice. I'm at Discount Fishing Cackle. We're six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much. You bet. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to be joined by the folks from Colorado Clay Shooting and talk a little uh, a little shooting right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and 104.3 The Fan. Here I go again. 
are listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Clay is our good friend, J.R. Pierce. Good morning, J.R. Hey, good morning, Terry. You know, I want to talk to you about some Christmas gift ideas. We're getting close to the holidays, maybe some get-togethers. But before we do that, you guys have been, I don't know how long you've been at Colorado Clays, but you're certainly not sitting on your laurels going into next year. Colorado Clays is looking at actually making improvements. Is that right? Well, yeah, Terry. You know, with our new Colorado Parks and Wildlife Partnership here at Colorado Clays, we have some great new updates coming in 2023. Uh, just a few examples are we're getting new bridges down there crossing the creek in the Sporting Clays areas. Uh, we're going to get fresh gravel on those uh, trails and courses as well. Uh, here's a great one, Terry. We're totally revamping and getting the new video viewing system on our rifle range. So already a state-of-the-art rifle range, but all new monitors and cameras is going to be the best of the best. That's going to be exciting to get in there for the uh, site-in for next year. And uh, finally, in March, we're actually going to begin paving our driveway into the range. So we're really excited for all the upgrades that are coming our way in 2023. Yeah, and, and I'm excited about that paving that driveway myself. So. You're not the only one. <laughs> but it's been good. But it just shows that, you know, even though you're one of the most quality shooting ranges in this part of the country, you're, you're not sitting on your laurels, just sitting back. You're keeping the place updated and, and first state-of-the-art. And, you know, that's just good for all the shooters in the area. Let's talk a little bit about some Christmas gift ideas, though. Um, is there something from Colorado Clays and that I could give for Christmas, and how do I go about that? All right. Well, and you're so right, Terry. You know, I think we were talking about uh, with the holiday season upon us, and the weather has been really nice here lately. Um, Colorado Clays has enjoyed hosting so many friends and family groups out here enjoying all the recreational shooting opportunities we offer, not just now, but year-round. And while these folks are at Colorado Clays, whether they're enjoying rifle, pistol, or shotgun shooting, uh, whether it's for, you know, beginners or experts, they have the perfect opportunity to get some Christmas shopping done for the firearms enthusiast on their Christmas list. And, of course, what I mean is a gift card to Colorado Clays. And, Terry, this card can be used for anything we offer here at Colorado Clays, whether it is using those training areas for new shooters, uh, perhaps the opportunity to try that new gun you get for Christmas. Got to make sure they have a place to shoot it. Um, perhaps, you know, preparation for an upcoming hunting season. So we still have turkey coming, and then, of course, that card would be good for next year's rifle side in. Um, we got lots of Colorado Clays gear in the clubhouse. That's very popular. And, Terry, or maybe just plain having fun shooting at your favorite range course or field here at Colorado Clays, um, the premier public shooting facility in Colorado, this gift card is the perfect gift. And, Terry, they can be picked up in person at the range. Uh, give us a call. We can send them via U.S. mail, or we can email them directly to you, and you can print them yourself. So don't forget, um, possibly the best gift for the firearms enthusiast on your list, Colorado Clays gift card. Well, you know, another way you could use that gift card, um, a lot of people will get new firearms for Christmas. Now, buying of firearms for Christmas is so it can get a little complicated. They, well, whoever sells the firearm can help you with that. 
But if you're getting a new rifle, a new shotgun, a new handgun for Christmas, you're going to be sitting there wanting to try it out. And I can go to Colorado Clays and do that without needing a reservation. Well, and that's the beauty of the Colorado Clays gift card, Terry. Uh, we are a year-round public access uh, facility, so we don't require memberships or reservations. So you can definitely get that new gun, get that gift card, and immediately um, go try it out because we are a first-come, first-served public access facility and uh, definitely a no-brainer. Anybody getting a gun needs that gift card so they can go try that firearm out right away. Because well, you know they're going to be just chawing at the bit to put some shots through it and feel it, and it's going to be, you know what, it's like me when I get a new fishing rod, you know, I just, I only have a hundred or so, so I need to go try that one, you know. <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, speaking of gift cards and coming out there, you said a lot of, is it too late if I want to bring my family outing for the holidays? No, definitely not, Terry. You know, uh, and that that is the, the beauty of Colorado Clay is being a year-round facility facility, you know, barring uh, inclement weather or something that might cause us not to be open. We are here all the way through the holidays, and we definitely entertain folks all the way through the first of the year and on. So uh, Colorado Clays is available to everyone um, all through the holiday season. So definitely when those friends and family are here, uh, take advantage of something a little different out of the norm. Come out and enjoy some shooting uh, during your holiday um, get-togethers. Now I want to switch gears on you. We'll get back and get the contact information again so people know how to get a hold of you. But <clears throat> goose season has been ridiculously good this year. We're in a split on duck season right now. But we've even seen the snow geese already headed south. And the goose hunting has been just nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, any tips for people who are maybe getting out goose hunting for the first time or they're thinking about going goose hunting as far as shotgun shots, or how they get ready for that, because I'll tell you what, it is in full swing, and it's probably going to stay that way right through the winter. Yeah, Terry, and, and definitely, and we've been, uh, you know, helping out a bunch of the waterfowl hunters here this fall, and the definite number one format is get out with that gun. First thing you should do is pattern the gun with the load, with the choke you're going to be doing for the type of hunting you're going to be seeing. So whether you're pass shooting, whether you're decoy shooting, um, adjust those chokes, uh, shells, and ranges for that type of shooting. And then certainly, Terry, any trigger time, our sporting clays course is, of course, the number one draw for waterfowl preparation uh, with the variety of target presentations, with the ability to shoot anything you want, anywhere you want, and as many or few shots as you want, you can definitely work on the shots that may be giving you trouble. One thing I will say, Terry, and uh, this is just a fact of nature, I guess it would be physics, um, you know, targets, they do come out. Um, the laws dictate that they will slow down due to drag and gravity. Remember that when you stand up and start plugging birds, whether it's upland, waterfowl, or otherwise, have a tendency to accelerate. So make sure you stay on the front end of those birds. Don't get behind them. You know how I, <clears throat> excuse me, when I'm hunting out of a blind waterfall, you know how I, I, I've really found the best success is, you know, there's usually two or three of us shooting, and any bird that falls, I claim I shot it. <laughs> well, get your percentages up there, Terry. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, Jerry, that brings I don't me even... to really, it brings me to what, you know, I am definitely getting you a Colorado Clays gift card um, so that you can come out and get some of that uh, uh, 12-gauge target ammo because I know you go through a bunch of that during dove season, too. So Yeah, I yeah just watch it, pal. Watch it. You know, and sometimes I don't even shoot and I claim the bird that fell. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a quick story. We were grouse hunting up in Minnesota, and my, at the time, brother-in-law was with me, and he wasn't a very avid hunter. He liked to go out, but he didn't do it a lot. And we were walking a logging road in Colorado, and the, these old back-through-the-woods little dirt things, and the grouse would be sitting on the side of the road. There was one up ahead of us, and I knew he hadn't harvested much game so i said go ahead and take that shot and he shot and the bird went straight up in the air and started flying and i shot and it came down and he turned to me and he said i got it <laughs> <laughs> well learning from the best <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know what it's just it's a lot of fun shooting and hunting are great sports and they're great ways to have bonding in the outdoors the other way to great bond is to get out and do some ice fishing which you and i are going to have to do pretty soon yeah, Terry, and you know, I did see that you took the grandson out. Uh, as usual, looks like you found him and put him on a good bite. And I'm very excited to get out there, Terry, because uh, uh, the times we have went, you've definitely put us on fish. So I'm very excited for that. Yeah, we should have front-range ice pretty soon, and you and I will get out there. <clears throat> he did end up out fishing me, but that's, you know, I tried to just swallow hard, but he did a good job. Now, we had a lot of fun. We went out. The wind got a little tough on us, but we had some fun. JR, why don't you tell us uh, how people get a hold of Colorado Clays and where they find you? So, Terry, first give us a call, 303-659-7117, or go to our website, coloradoclays.com, and uh, take a look around, take the virtual tour, see what we're about. And, again, as always, make sure you lop out some time this holiday season to come to Colorado Clays and enjoy everything we have to offer. All right, my friend, we will talk to you again, I think, on Christmas Eve. Sounds great, Terry. All right, thanks, JR. We'll talk to you soon. JR Pierce from Colorado Clays. We're going to take a quick time out. When we get back, we will uh, wrap up, and we've got some housekeeping to do and some ideas to throw at you on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear and 104.3 The Fan. Listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and 1043 The Fan. A couple things I want to wrap up. Follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Um, we're going to be giving away International Sportsman's Exhibition tickets from now through uh, through the Saturday after January 12th. The show starts January 12th, and we'll have tickets to give away, usually tied to a trivia question. Sometimes we just have you text in. Uh, usually the answers to those trivia questions are on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. So it's great to follow us there. Uh, I uh, Next week, we're going to have a short show. We're only on for an hour and a half because of football. So mark your calendars for that. And you'll see information about that on our Facebook page. Also, we're, we just, uh, we just want to make sure you guys stay in tune with what's on the show. Now, is Dan, is Dan Jacobs in the studio? I am, and by the way, I was traveling down the road listening to Fan Outdoor or Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and I knew the answer to the trivia question. See, well, that's because you took an interest in it, and you and I actually communicated back and forth, but it was amazing the amount of misinformation out there on that. Right, with the wolves. Now, do you watch the show Yellowstone? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I don't, I, I don't know if you've talked about it on the show, but that's one of the plot lines this season, not to be a spoiler out there, but they accidentally shot some wolves that came in from the park, and now they're going to be in trouble very, by the, by the it activists. It wasn't very, wasn't very accidental. Well, it was an accident because they didn't know the... Uh, well, because typically, Terry, right, the, it, it, in reality, you would get a tag if you had wolves. I don't know how it's going to go in Colorado. In fact... I don't know, but it, there in that setting, you would get if you had a wolf problem eating your your livestock, you would get a tag and you'd harvest the wolf. Yeah, they haven't totally decided that in Colorado. There is going to be some kind of uh, an alternative for that. The, the draft plan was released Friday, but they're still going to take public input through the end of February, I believe, and the final vote isn't going to be until maybe May. So you have time to comment on that. Well, but, but you can't harvest the wolves here, right, Terry? Because what, what would be the point? Oh, we let the, the the wolves go. They do what wolves are supposed to do, which is go eat things. And then you can't just shoot them, right? Well, I, you know, that can't be the solution here, right? No, I think there'll be some kind of, if one becomes... If, if it becomes an overbearing problem, there probably will be a solution like that. But the other means will have to be taken first. It. Hey, I got a couple quick things. First of all, one's Broncos. But before I get to that, I know you've been anxiously awaiting Wickstrom and Dover's new single that was released this week. Yes. So I want you to know the new single, The Music Lives Forever, is now available on almost every streaming service in the world. So your wait is over. Dan. I was well, well, of course, I'm a member of the fan club, so I already knew that. But I know the Dan Jacobs Show listeners were waiting with bated breath. So it's yeah. good news for them. <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about is that, uh, and I want a short answer because I need to come after this. Do you think the Broncos have any chance tomorrow? No. So you're going to have to talk to our friend Dante on the board through the glass in front of you. Because he's actually picking them to win that game. He has a less than impressive track record on important calls. I would well, I'll say. let you talk to him during the show. Uh, he's done a great job for me on the show today, and I don't want to get on him about it. And I just want you to know, as you go into your show, the uh, guy on the other side of the glass might not agree with you. Okay, well, we'll, we'll hash it out. I'm only on for an hour, Terry, so how much damage can be done? I think the schedule says, is he only on for an hour, Karen? The schedule, I thought he was on for two hours. Ah, it doesn't matter. One. Oh, one hour. Okay. Yeah. Well, you weren't on the schedule at all just a couple weeks ago, so I didn't know I was going to get to people spoke up. The people rose up and said, we demand Dan Jacobs. Something like that happened. Right. So, <laughs> hey, I'm going to close out the show right, and turn it over to you so you can talk sports. Thank you, sir. All right. We're going to wrap up this edition of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, a 104.3 The Fan. Remember, I will be at Kirk's Fly Shop from 2 to 5 today doing a meet and greet. A number of authors will be there signing books, John Garrick, and I'm not sure the whole lineup. Uh, they will be there, but people you know, fly fishing people. And Kirk has a sale going on that you get half off any one item in the store, which could be a thousand dollar fly rod or and you get 20 percent off everything else but i'll be there from two to five kirk's fly shop in estes uh like i said follow us on facebook uh, a lot of the ice fishing is going on you can find videos of that on our youtube channel so go check those out ice fishing right here in colorado we'll let the eagles take us to the top of the hour and dan jacobs on 104.3 the fan rising up to the I saw a shimmering light. My head grew heavy and my sight grew dim. I had to stop for the 